Good morning, Alex. This is Disruptor, Alex and Frank, number eight. And I'm very- How are you, Frank? I'm wonderful, and I'm, and I'm happy to talk to you. Same here. This week, uh, we, we discussed in advance that we were going to continue our conversation about the robots. With, we have a, a, our own opinions, and we're going to be bringing other people on board that ha are, have opinions also about the robots. And as you said to me, Alex, you feel this is an extremely important subject. And if you go I to do. a show and today, you think uh, as they keep putting shows on, there's going to be more and more exposure to robots. So based on that is the reason why we want to continue this podcast. So with all that said, why don't you start the podcast, Alex, and, and give us your, uh, your thoughts on this and continue in this subject. Sure, Frank. I mean, you know, the, the, uh, the industry seems to be obsessed with robots. I don't know if it's because Tesla, you know, with the self-driving cars, Uber talking about self-driving cars, uh, and, you know, that seems to be the, 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 the rave of uh of the day or week or month or year or years uh, i know before covid hit used to go to the shows maybe five to ten percent of the show had some form of robots or uh, ro uh, robot manufacturers meaning there's a company called brain and there's other companies similar to them out there that are basically going to the machine manufacturers scrubbers you know that we see in the market burnishers copper extractors and vacuums and they're installing these brains or i'm using i'm using the brain because that's the brand name that I, i've seen but there's other companies that are installing their software and and computers into these uh scrubbers to make them uh self-autonomous where they're able to go ahead and scrub and do their functions without people uh, actually running the machine. So, you know, I think you and I last week, we touched upon the subject matter where we talked about, uh, you know, the uh, healthcare uh, industry and the challenges that we have in healthcare uh, and, you know, potentially putting this into supermarkets and, and, and office uh, buildings and so on and some of the challenges that you deal with. But... I find, Frank, that um, a lot of my healthcare customers are asking me about this, and they're asking me about it in interesting ways that uh, I don't even think um, that the the manufacturers or the uh, industry themselves uh, are aware of of the of what they're really looking for. Um, do you have in your house a Roomba, Frank? You know, like yes. a small vacuum. Yes. Of How course. do you like that? I, I like it very much. <clears throat> They've improved that thing several times. And uh, right. I like it. The only thing is you have to prepare ahead of time uh, with carpeting and uh, things like that. You've you got to be sure you, you keep, uh, if, if you don't want them to go into a certain room because it gets uh, stopped all the time, keep the door closed. So as long as you're ahead of time, you know where it's going to stop and you, you take the obstacles out of the way. The thing works pretty well. 
It really does. Well, I'll tell you how I know well, that. The, the, after I use it, I clean it out first to be sure that it's empty, and then I use it, and then I I take a microfiber dust mop, thirty six inch. Uh, we have all stone floors, and I treat it, and then I dust mop the whole house, and I get very little dust when I use the robot. If I I've done the test without using a robot, and I I get a considerable amount of dust from the floor. Well. So I can see. Well, the, for, for, go ahead. Well, the, for anyone who who doesn't know what a Roomba, a Roomba is a, a small little vacuum cleaner. They sell retail. Uh, yeah. That does vacuuming. They now have one that has like a little mop on it, dust mop, and they have one that has like a little wet mop that you can do some some minor cleaning of your floors with. Yeah. So that that took off really nicely in in homes. Uh, you know, it's a very popular item, very successful. Uh, and you're right, Frank, that's exactly it. You, you put it down and it just goes, you close the door, uh, and it, uh, goes around the room all day vacuuming until it parks itself into its, uh, some of them park themselves into their, uh, chargers and they, uh, and then, then you're ready to go again. The next time you want to go vacuum, you don't, you just set the thing and it goes and, it, it fills a function because you don't have to. Now, let me ask you a question. So, when you do that Roomba, do you end up vacuuming that room ever manually? Yeah, well, we have a housekeeper. So, she still vacuums the house. So, so she still does it. Yes, yeah, she still does it. Yes. And the reason why so, is because, as good as that thing is, it does not get it on all the edges. It, it's very good for the major areas, but it's not good for the edges. And and I, I'm I believe that if you don't clean the edges, you're not cleaning. So you don't have to so, clean every day in the edges, but the edges start getting a buildup. So it does not do a good job on the edges. Although there's a brush, but it doesn't go along the edge long enough. It bounces off the edge and then goes in a different direction. That's the negative to it. It it isn't designed to stay working along the edge constantly. That's so the that Frank is exactly so that's so what you just summed up the conversation you and I had about your room. Right, so have a good day. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. We just finished the entire subject. But what but what you really did was 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 you described exactly uh, what's going on in my industry in healthcare, at least uh, with universities too. It does a job where you can clean when someone is not around, but it doesn't replace the human being from doing the cleaning. Yep. That it's is correct. So, th so that's a perfect analogy of what's going on in the industry. The, the technology hasn't gotten smart enough so that it can, and it may, and one day you may get that room bond that does the corners and edges and you won't need to have a, uh, a person coming in to clean that room. She can do yeah. other things, you know, that you may want her to do but uh, I, that she can't I get to now. If you let me, I just would like to add one more thing to it. I don't know if you want to call this negative or what it is, but uh, you have to, if, if you're married or you have a girlfriend and you're sleeping with her, and you're in the same room, you, you better let them know you're going to be turning the machine on. Cause my wife will wake me up <laughs> and say, Frank, and you'll, uh, yes, honey, I think somebody's in the house. <laughs> Something's going on in the house. 
<laughs> oh, okay. Let me let me go check. Let me get my gun. Let me go check. <laughs> I know what it Frank, is. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm glad you brought that up. I, I, I'm glad you brought that up because what you just brought up is a excellent, excellent point because that's the other problem with robots. Because you have patients in a uh, in a hospital, and a robot's going down the hallway or going into a room. That can be disturbing. You know, yeah. they hear the noise. They hear someone in the room. That can be, uh, and they don't see a person. They just see, you know, a machine moving around. It can be a little bit scary. Yeah. And in fact, people walking down the hallway see this big, massive scrubber coming down the hallway, which is a robot. And this thing is pretty intimidating if you look at some of these machines and there's no one behind it. It's just going by itself. And, you know, people don't know the technology about how the machine stops when there's a person in front of it, or people don't understand that, you know, that there's certain built-in safety things on it. There's, a, there's actually a psychological thing like what you're talking about in the home is taking place in industry too. So that's a very, very good uh, point because that's exactly the other challenge that robots have. So this leads into something um, that I think, I don't know, I don't know if this is actually going to be the future, but I think it will be. I, I've been wrong before, but I, I really do believe that this is where the industry is going to go. And, you know, I, if you go to Asia and you look at what's being produced in Asia, the robots, they're very big into it. There's these companies out there, uh, major banks, investment, investment bankers investing in the robots, not only for the cleaning industry, but the overall technology to plug it into everything. So, for example, from uh, crop gatherers, you know, machines that, that harvest crops, they're putting robots into them. Uh, they're putting them into airplanes. They want to do this where everything that we deal with today, self-driving cars, of course, which is the most known and popular. But what they're doing in Asia when it comes to the cleaning industry is they're putting uh, these robots into very small um, machines, maybe bigger than the Roomba that you have, but uh, smaller than what we have here in the U.S. And these machines are not only programmed to clean and scrub and vacuum and do all the things that, that a traditional scrubber does, but they're also trained to actually plug into a charger that's in the closet and it dumps the dirty water into the uh, sink and it refills itself with clean water or chemical and then it recharges and it goes right back into the function as soon as it finishes charging. So basically it's really self-autonomous. You really have to look at the machine for maybe weeks or months uh, because the machine is continuously uh, taking care of itself. So it really, you can put this machine into certain areas and just leave it. And you don't even have to worry about what, what's going on with that machine. And it has Wi-Fi, so it, it sends you messages and reports to your computer. So you can see exactly what's going on, when it last cleaned, what it cleaned, how dirty the floor was. So it's really amazing what's coming out of Asia that I've seen. That, again, uh, I still think it needs to get a little bit smaller. Um, but I think that's where the future is going to go, small. And I think if you can get something a little bit bigger than a Roomba, because you need to be able to hold at least a gallon or two gallons of uh, fluid 
and you're scrubbing, it, you know, if you're using it for mopping, and you get four or five of these that you plug into a hallway, then you can do this where there's patients or people around, or you can do this where there's only patients, you know, maybe like in an area where patients are sleeping or patients are unconscious and not necessarily aware or awake of what's going on and have these robots going around continuously cleaning on a regular basis and having the ability for it to dump and replenish itself. That would be an interesting um, function. So imagine going back to your Roomba, Frank, that you use in your, um, in your house. Imagine if that vacuum did the corners and edges and then parked itself, cleaned out the dust that it had gathered as a dirt that had vacuumed and then went back into its recharge itself and then did this all day and all night. And you could even set it where when there's people in the room, it doesn't go. It only functions when there's people uh, not in the room, when, people, when the room is empty. What do you think about that? I, I, I agree. I want to make a comment on to you in regard to you talking about Asia. Uh, the thing about Asia, it's 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 not a, it's not would not be good for us to be look, watching Asia as a good example for the United States. I think it's a good idea to watch it to see if it's going to work. But let me share with you why. The in my opinion, the thing about Asia is they are fantastic communicators, and they create an awareness for everything they do. Not not just this. But they, they create an awareness uh, with, with their people. They, they then communicate very effectively in Asia. And they get the people ready and prepared for things that they're going to do. They don't just spring it on them and then hope they're going to buy into it. That's not where they come from. So they're extremely organized. And most things they do they make work. That's why cleaning works so well there. <clears throat> Everybody buys into it. Well, then they're not robots, they're human beings, but they were communicated to properly. We're in America, so far, the biggest problem we have with the robots and the cleaning industry is resistance. And it comes from lack of communication. You go into a store, you see an automatic scrubber and the, the, the cleaners, they don't want to change the pads. They don't want to empty the water. If it gets stuck, they would just soon leave it sit there and run because they're, they're getting the impression, well, you want to replace me? I'm not going to support you. So they don't want to support the robots. So therefore, they're not getting any support to help make the robot work. And that's what we, you, you need first. You, you need the support from the everybody to make something work. It can't just be the Correct. people who want to make it work say, well, I'm going to make it work and that's the way it is, because that's not true. You, you need the support from the people that are going to be part of the process also. And that's where, well, that's a great point. That's where we're failing right now, big. Yeah, that's a great point, Frank, because that's what you brought up, for example, I, I've heard that before. You know, I, I remember going into a hospital uh, this is going back like three or four years ago when robots were still early on in the hospital market, at least. Uh, they weren't like all over the place or people weren't talking about it. And some guy brought in a robot to the demonstration. 
And I remember one of my floor techs there, who I was very friendly with, I knew him for like 20 years, came over to me and whispered, he goes, Alex, I hope you don't plan on representing this line. I go, well, no, I actually, this is not my line. This is some other sales rep bringing in the product. I think at the time, the manufacturer of this robot may have been Brain or someone like them uh, and had brought in their own machine. They only went direct at that time, not through distribution. And uh, the floor tech says to me, goes, Alex, uh, good, because this thing is not going to survive a week when we get through with it. They're trying to replace our jobs. They're trying to replace me. What are they thinking? I said to him, you know, don't worry. Even if this machine does come in, there's no way he's going to replace your job at this point. Yeah, but he's going to worry uh, anyway. That That's natural. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, but, but he said to me something very interesting. Which, uh, which after that, he goes, well, I don't care, Alex. Don't represent these kind of lines. Because if you do, you're going to start building enemies with the floor techs on the front line. Yeah. So when it comes to evaluating any other products, you're not going to be uh, you know, welcome because yeah. you're trying to replace our work That's right. and our overtime. So you know, it, it's a very challenging thing to, to all of a sudden um, – Bring in a line without communicating properly. We have to add the psychology to it as much as the technology. We need psychology. We need both. Correct. You got to. But again, what I was trying to get at though with Asia is the. I think the future, like what you talked about with the pad replacement. <clears throat> I think if we can get, you know, machines that are going to clean itself out, replace its pads. Uh, recharge itself so that there doesn't need to be a person standing behind the machine the entire time or going into the machine and doing maintenance on the machine. And also, very important, the machine's got to be small enough so that it can go on these tables, on these beds. It's got to be small enough that it can go into tight areas, through the corners and edges. And that's why size is also very important because you want it to be able to navigate around an area where there may be, you know, low standing surfaces that you need to get underneath that a, that a live person can get to that the current robots cannot. And finally, <clears throat> the real important reason why it's got to be small is it's less intimidating. Psychologically, you're talking about the psychology of everything. I think if something is small enough and friendly looking enough, uh, speaking of which uh, this company in Asia that I saw actually had like a, a, a for pediatric units or for with just children, they had like this um, cover over the scrubber with like a smiley face, you know, some kind of cartoon character on it. Yes. So that again, psychologically, we're talking about the psychology here, you have this little tiny, you know, friendly looking scrubber that kids who look at it won't even know it's a scrubber. They think it's some kind of robot walking around, uh, you know, as, as entertainment. And meanwhile, it's cleaning their floors and, areas and so on so that's all very important and the technology that's coming down the pipeline I, I think i don't think this is going to be technology that's going to fail i think this is technology in okay. its early days i don't think it's going to fail either no no i i, I, I don't agree with you <laughs> however the thought the thinking that you're bringing up is extremely important from the beginning it's not just, you know, <clears throat> I still think, <clears throat> excuse me, I still think one of the problems we have in, in the cleaning industry is the left hand doesn't talk to the right hand. 
and and right. that, that and that doesn't work. I mean, <clears throat> I find the bad people sometimes aren't even talking to the chemical people. Uh, bad people aren't talking to the, the automatic scrubber people. I mean, it's all connected together, and it makes it a family that makes it work. And the more communication yeah. we can have between the industries, the the better we're going to get our. That's what this podcast are good for, for getting our thoughts together, and and bringing right. them to one place, rather than each one of us having our own thoughts. So that's right, gonna, and I, I that's think what's going to be the key to making it work. I agree, Frank, and that's why I think that. I think the technology is coming. No matter what, it's coming. And you're right. If you want to make this thing work, the hack communication is going to be critical for both the manufacturers, the salespeople, to the if there's going to be distributors in the middle, they have to be involved in, in the uh, communication process. Uh, even the um, uh, consultants like yourself uh, will and myself will have to be involved in the education process. And real critical, this is the, the most important part of the communication process, is that the directors and management of the staff have to be able to communicate. They have to be able to go to these housekeepers and convince them, not just tell them, but convince them that this particular product is going to be an assistance to them. It's going to help them, not replace them. Because if you're going to bring in a piece of equipment that's going to replace the jobs that you're trying to, um, that you're currently hiring and 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 supporting, they're going to turn on these pieces <clears throat> piece of equipment and they're going to hurt you. They're going to hurt the machinery. They're going to hurt the technology, and and it's going to fail before you can get off the ground. So it's real important to to educate the the uh, workers on what's going on. I think that that's where the disruptors comes in place. See, uh, I think, uh, at least I feel this way, Alex, and I'm positive you do. The see, I want to be part of the solution. I I don't want to I don't want to just be I don't want to just communicate uh, to the people and and educate them. That's not good enough. I think we need to have the solution as to what's in it for them. So right. what's in it for them is if we have to have if we have another place for them to go. If we have another area for them to work in that they they could be educated in and start learning about that they might be interested in, that we sell them on that also, so that they say, right. "Wow, that's a good idea. I, I like the robot now because I'm gonna it's gonna make space for me to do something else that I I didn't think right. about." Because most people that are doing specific cleaning tasks, not most, I I, I shouldn't say that because I don't know that that to be true. But there's several people that are doing cleaning tasks. They're very stuck. They're they're so happy just to have the task that they get stuck on it, and they think that's all right. there is. And those people are very difficult to change. So we have to help get them into different directions and show that they're needed in other areas, not just replace them. And when we can right. the whole take on the whole picture, the success is going to come about much faster. You know, Frank, you, you, just just to, to really, I know we're getting close to the end of our time here, but I just want to bring up an interesting thing, uh, which, which you know, in this comment you just made uh, about educating. You know, I was in a hospital on uh, this past week, and the director said to me, you know, 
we just had a meeting, my HCAF scores are, which are the satisfaction scores that a hospital measures um, their performance with patients. Uh, and they measure in a bunch of different things, nursing, doctors, how they're treated and so on. But one of the things they, they're measured on, this little form that you fill out when you're in a hospital is, uh, is how clean the hospital was. And the director turns to me, he goes, you know, uh, my scores are, are low and I just, I, I tried everything. I just don't know what to do to get the scores higher. So I said to him, well, you have like a butler kind of uh, uh, service in place. For example, you know, having one of the housekeepers play the role of, you know, one that uh, can fit that role of going to room to room and introducing himself to the patient and saying, I am here <clears throat> as a representative of the housekeeping department. And I want to be able to uh, take care of any needs that you may have. Are there any concerns, any needs that you have? Here's my card, here's my phone number, you can call me. And if something is bothering you from a cleanliness point of view, please let me know immediately so we can rectify it. And by doing this, the, uh, the HCAP scores, I guarantee you are gonna go higher because I've seen this around the country. I've seen this in, in, in hundreds of hospitals where they implement this program and immediately the HCAP scores go up because housekeeping becomes the front of, of the attention of the patient and the family of the patient when they're interacting with someone from housekeeping on, on, a, on a constant basis. You know, if there's an issue with the bathroom or something with the toilet paper, soap, whatever it is, it can be immediately addressed. So he turns to me and goes, but how do I do that? Where do I get the labor? I'm so overextended right now. So with what you just talked about, educating the, the housekeepers and saying, look, instead of necessarily mopping your floors, wouldn't it be great if you can just interact with the patient and help the patient and help the people around you and making sure that the robot that we're putting into the floor is gonna take care of the cleaning and make sure that the cleaning is done. And there's still gonna be situations when the robots in different areas of the hospital and you're gonna to need to get in there and take care of whatever the needs of that patient are. So we can't replace you. We're just gonna elevate you to a much more uh, higher position, a much more interactive position with the patient that a robot cannot do. So that would be you know, a perfect scenario that if you could get a robot system to work, then you could free up the labor so you can have butlers so the each cap scores go up so that the patients are happier and, and the, the housekeeping department, the EDS department is now appreciated for what they're doing and uh, everyone wins in that scenario. So that, that's a perfect example of what you were talking about. But I think what we were trying to do is to get some people from the industry involved in um, talking from robots from their position because you and I, you know, I, I, I'm interacting with robots to a degree now because my customers are asking me for it. And I have manufacturers telling me, offering it to me. Haven't found the right system yet, but uh, as far as um, hearing it from the industry or the manufacturers or the users of the robots, I think it's, it's important that our podcast uh, gets out there and, and, and brings, brings that information to the listeners. So I think uh, that would be the next step for you and I to, to start a podcast or the next podcast uh, with uh, some professionals that are involved intimately with the robots so we can really get a good feel 
of what's going on. Yeah, I, for our next podcast, I want you. I just want to share with you. I have some thoughts on the subject of what the housekeeper can do. Very simple to connect with the with the patient. I'll share them next week, and they don't have to. Oh, looking forward. English. They don't have to get into a big conversation. Something very simple. And then to do with the house. That'd be great, Frank. With the, uh, with the people, they could work. Okay, well, listen. That'd be invaluable. Very good, Alex. As it always is, uh, uh, you you help very much in a podcast with your thoughts. I I think it's my privilege to be on a podcast with you. Um, same here, Frank. So we'll talk next week, same time. And uh, yes, sir. Yep, and you have a wonderful week, and I absolutely love you. Same here, Frank. Looking forward to next week. Okay, bye. Take care, bye.